Yo, today's QOD is you are responsible for the energy you bring into this room. Here we go. Of the day show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton at SeanCroxton.com. We got Brene Brown back on the QOD stage. And today she is going to share three strategies that you can use today so you can stay calm, remain emotionally intelligent, and take responsibility for your energy when things get uncertain and situations get anxious. Brene Brown's coming up. So first step is who we are. Second step is about cultivating calm and stillness. So one of the things I learned in the research is that calm people share things in common and they share actionable strategies in common. I think there are probably some temperaments that lend themselves to calm more than others, but calm is a practice and here's what it includes. Calm people breathe. And I don't mean just like the rest of us breathe. I mean, they are obnoxious breathers. (laughs) They breathe. And they are comfortable in silence. So for example, one thing that sparks anxiety more than anything else is like workplace gossip, right? I can always tell about the health of the culture of an organization by how much gossiping is happening. So someone runs up to you and you're the calm person and says, oh my God, did you hear? They're shutting down that entire unit next month. They're laying off everybody in the unit. Here's what calm people do. (sighs) (laughs) They breathe. The one minute they breathe, it feels like an hour to me. But just that, it's very likely that person goes, well, I don't know exactly what's happening. But what if that happened? (laughs) Wouldn't that be a nightmare? So they breathe. The second thing they do is they always come back to anxiety-provoking information with questions. It's amazing. I mean, this was like, I saw it in the first couple of people who were really calm. Then I saw it in the next 10 people and then in the following 100 people. Do y'all know people who can just walk into a room and bring calm and perspective without even sometimes saying a word? Yeah, my husband's built like that for sure, which serves him well in his work and <laughs> being married to me. Um, <laughs> so they ask questions. So, okay, so tell me more about what is happening down with that unit. No, they're going to they're gonna close it down. They're going to announce it on Monday and they're laying off all 30 people that work in that unit. Wow. So where did you hear this? I heard it down the hall. Down what hall? Down the hall that goes to the executive offices. You heard it from one of the executives in the executive office? No, no, I heard it down that hall. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not clear on from whom did you hear it? No, they were, they were saying that. Okay, who's they? Okay, 
I don't know that's going to happen, but wouldn't that be horrible if that happened? I mean, <laughs> that's the thing that, you know, calm is about not buying in. And then the last thing that they do is just an incredible question. And that is, there's two questions actually. One big question and a follow-up question. Number three, okay, first you breathe, then you ask questions. Number three, do I have enough data to freak out? Which is an incredibly helpful, helpful question. And if the answer is, I heard it from John. He's the president of human resources. He called me into his office. They're not going to announce it until Friday and they're only gonna tell a few of us. Then it's going to happen on Monday at eight o'clock. There's 30 people. They've already put together the packages. I don't know that I should have told you, but I needed you to know. Do you have enough data to freak out? Yes. Follow-up question. Will freaking out be helpful? <laughs> I have yet to find a circumstance where the answer to that is yes. Even in dire situations, even like in call 911 situations. You know, when you talk to EMTs, they'll tell you worst case scenario, I've got someone on the other line that's completely freaked out. And so calm is this really interesting process of breathing and you'll lose 50% of crazy in the breathing process because what they're banking on is energy coming back. And so if you can hold space for a minute, it's not a long time. Again, it feels like eternities for some of us, but just the, huh. So I, I'm not clear on what's happening. Exactly what did you hear? You know, this is diffusing things by the second. And the interesting thing about grounded theory research is that when we write down what's happening, what's been interesting is to let calm people to see this and say, oh my God, that's exactly what I did do. I had no idea. Because a lot of times we bring to light processes that people aren't even aware that they're engaged in. But when calm people come and validate, that's exactly what I do. I ask tons of questions and then I try to figure out if getting upset is gonna be helpful. And it's just not, but calm is the superpower. And I love this quote, and I don't know where it came from. I think the urban myth is that Oprah has us on her door or had it on her door at Harpo. But I think it's a great quote and it is, you are responsible for the energy you bring into this room. You know, and we have it in our house. You're responsible for the energy that you bring into this room. And so I think calm is taking responsibility for the energy that you're putting back out in really difficult situations. And so I defined calm, I know y'all will be surprised, because I didn't like the definition. Um, and it just didn't fit, you know, it didn't fit with the data. And so that's my first litmus test because I have to, as a researcher, have something that fits with the data. So I simply define calm as creating perspective and mindfulness while managing emotional reactivity. I really think calm is ultimately about managing emotional reactivity. And imagine the emotions that make us the most reactive, shame and fear, vulnerability. So calm is, you know, when Ellen comes home from school and says, Jody took my book, ripped the pages out of it and then flipped me off. Welcome to middle school in case y'all are not parenting someone in middle school. My first response is rage, 
protection. Jody who? <laughs> Spell the last name. <laughs> yeah, because I'm already having this conversation in my head with Jody's mother. <laughs> and so calm, and if we want our kids to keep coming back and telling those stories and sharing their experiences, we have to manage our reactivity. You know, which a lot of times for me is, wow, that's hard. Just a moment. I got to really pull myself together here. I got to hear about this. I really am, but I'm really, I have to take a minute here. And I'm really honest with her. I'm like, I don't want to react to this, but I'm having a hard time. She's like, I know, it's really hard. I was like, okay, well, let's sit down. Let's talk about exactly what happened. And that's where I depend on questions. Where were you? Like, I don't really care where she was, but I need to know the whole story. And it gives me a time to understand more. Where were you? Who is she? I haven't heard you talk about her. What book? Yeah, I'm fact finding, you know, but I'm also calming down. All right, let's go to the next one. Cultivating meaningful work, letting go of self-doubt and supposed to. That was Brene Brown. Her website is brenebrown.com. You can check out today's talk on an audio program you can find at audible.com. It is called The Power of Vulnerability, Teachings of Authenticity, Connection, and Courage. All right, that is it for me. I will see you tomorrow with Brian Tracy. Have a lovely day. I'm out. Peace. Thank you.